0: What's up ninjas and ninjettes? welcome to another episode of the Exposure Ninja Digital Marketing Podcast. My name is Tim Cameron Kitchen, I'm Head Ninja at Exposure Ninja and Lead Cat. And this show is all about helping you to generate more leads and sales from your website. In this episode, I'm delighted to be joined by Steve Toth, who is... I'd say is SEO royalty. Steve runs his own consultancy, but he's also the SEO manager or was the SEO manager for FreshBooks. In this episode, we dig into FreshBooks SEO strategy, particularly around some extremely competitive keywords that they rank for. So we talk through what the idea behind that is, why they're targeting these phrases. And we also talk about what Steve's done to enable the site to rank for such competitive terms And we also talk about the user journey and how people use the pages as well. If you're listening to this on audio, you can check out the video if you go to our YouTube channel. So if you just go on YouTube and type in Exposure Ninja Podcast, you'll find the video version. And in the video version, you'll actually see on the screen the pages that we're talking about. So you can get a bit of a feel for the user um, experience elements that we're covering. Don't forget, if you want some help with your own digital marketing, whatever business that you're in, uh, you can request a free SEO and website review from Exposure Ninja. What you do is go to ExposureNinja.com, click the big button that says request my review. What will happen is we'll ask you a few questions about your business and your goals. And then one of our team will carry out a video review of your site. We'll show you on the screen in front of you some of the changes to make, some of the tweaks that you can implement to drive an increase in your organic visibility and your traffic, but also increase your conversion rate as well. We'll also cover other traffic channels for you too, so things like pay-per-click and social media and see if there's any low-hanging fruit there. We'll also deconstruct what your competitors are doing and show you any areas that they might be letting things slip a little bit so you can exploit them ruthlessly for profit. Love it! (laughs) Anyway, without further ado, enjoy the show with Steve Toth from SEO Notebook. Steve, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me, Tim. So, as you know, in this podcast, we go behind the scenes for a particular marketing strategy or channel that's been working awesome for you to grow a business. We find out what you did, how well it worked, and what you've learned. So, ready to lift the curtain? Let's do it. Cool. So, we're going to be talking about a particular content strategy, which um, I—if th- would say we've beaten almost to death to within an inch of its death on the show, which is talking about blogs and uh, using content to rank for informational terms to then convert people. Um, But you've done it at a pretty massive scale because in your day job, you're actually the SEO manager for FreshBooks, right?
1: Well, um, yeah, I actually left FreshBooks um, in February full time, but I'm now working with them as a contractor. So um, yeah, I have my own my own business, but I also like I'm very much involved still in the um, usually two days a week uh, working with that company.
0: Awesome. So I think probably everyone would know FreshBooks, but maybe for those who don't, um, what is it about and maybe more importantly, what sort of traffic are you trying to get onto the FreshBooks site?
1: Yeah, so um, FreshBooks is a, an accounting and invoicing platform for um, small businesses who basically um, you know don't wanna learn accounting but still obviously need to do many things at like tax time and invoicing their clients and such. So the software is built very much with owners in mind and um, doesn't have a lot of the sort of, um, you know it's basically just really easy to use and, and, uh, and I use it and I think it's fantastic so um, it's been around for 15 years, and uh, Toronto-based company, and yeah, just really good um, uh, software. And we've got a bunch of customers around the world, and um, yeah. And the, in terms of traffic, it's really like that small business owner um, is the is the target. Um, we we obviously want to um, sort of cater to not just like very small businesses, but you know, small businesses can still have like a lot of high revenue. So mm-hmm. basically, looking to attract um, you know anybody who has a service-based small business.
0: Okay, awesome. Um, Obviously a ridiculously competitive market. Absurdly so.
1: Yeah, and and over the years, it's become more and more saturated, but uh, FreshBooks had a really good early advantage because we were um, pretty much the first cloud-based accounting software um, way back when everyone was doing it on desktop.
0: Got it. So I've been digging into where the site's out with um, SEO, and uh, it's, it's pretty hot. <laughs> um, to put it mildly, very aggressive SEO campaign by the looks of it. You're going after phrases like invoice template, which you're ranking number one for. So, um, some impressive results. Just for someone who's listening who maybe hasn't you know, hasn't been thinking about this as much as maybe you have. Why would FreshBooks be targeting someone who's searching for invoice template and what's the kind of user journey with a phrase like that?
1: Yeah, so um, for us, like we, when we set out to rank for that keyword, it was really about where is the volume, right? So um, we needed to find a keyword that had the super high volume that was relevant to the business, right? So, even since we started optimizing for this, the search volume has risen by 100,000. So it's up to 300,000 people per month globally searching this keyword, and basically we felt that you know anybody who was ready to make an invoice, who needed an invoice template, um, uh, was was ready to try FreshBooks as an alternative to a Word or Excel. Uh, or PDF template. So basically, yeah, we, we saw that volume and we, we chased it and it, it went pretty well.
0: <laughs> awesome. Um, so broad brushstrokes, what are the different components of a strategy to target a phrase like that?
1: Yeah, great question. So it goes well beyond um, just one keyword and one page. So we actually noticed that um, there people search invoice template. Yeah. Like I said, 300,000 times um, a month, but also people search for things like invoice template, word invoice template, PDF or invoice template contractor. Um, you know, like they, they search for the type of, of file and also the, um, the you know type of business. So like freelance writer, graphic designer would be two other examples. So we didn't just target all of those um, professions and uh, file types on one page. We actually created um, 110 pages in total um, uh, targeting all of those different uh, keywords.
0: So you've almost, you built in Ninja terminology, we call this a knowledge base essentially around one single group of keywords, it's amazing.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was, it was um, like the, the first, so first of all, like just the um, research on like, uh, you know, actually deciding what, what long tails to kind of go after. We looked at um, basic search volume for everything. Uh, but we also looked at like our own customer data and like how people were identifying themselves when they um, joined FreshBooks because we do ask a number of questions. So we were actually able to um, to look and see like uh, you know what 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 people were calling themselves and then checking that against search volume. Uh, of course, we weren't able to use every everything like that, but we were able to get like yeah, like I said, 110 pages, um, all very relevant stuff.
0: That's awesome. I want to ask you about the the, the formatting and, and the content on those pages a bit later. But um what what you've just mentioned I think is is really interesting and, and possibly underrated in doing keyword research, which is surveying customers or or asking the sales team, for example, how customers are identifying rather than just saying, Well, here are all the phrases that have the most search volume necessarily. Of course you've gone after volume, but you're also using common sense and and customer feedback to get those keywords i think that's something that maybe some seos and, and people starting in seo can be tempted to skip over because they think that the data is you know the data holds the ultimate clues yeah
1: i mean we were lucky to have you know like i i we don't talk about our specific customer numbers but we're lucky to have a high volume of people starting trials and upgrading to the software so we have you know, we basically looked at like any um, occurrence. Like, so say like a person identified themselves as um, you know uh, an illustrator. Um, we we looked at like any occurrences of two or more in that customer feedback, and then and then looked at those and considered those for the for the pages.
0: Got it. Got it. Okay. So, i um, I'm just putting myself in the shoes of someone who's listening, and they might be the solo. Marketing manager for for the company they work for, they have a very small team, and they're thinking, holy moly, you know, Steve's doing 110 posts for a single phrase. We're just not going to be able to touch anything like this. Um, obviously, you didn't write all of them immediately, right? This was something where you researched them, you put them in a list, and then how did you choose how to prioritize them and 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 how much to how, how much focus to put on each one but do you just like go through all of them and write a few words for each or do you pick the first batch and go heavy with them? Well we
1: definitely put the most attention on the main page and the main page still definitely um, earns a lion's share of the traffic um, but uh, you know I think, I think it, it is um, we were able to get some paid search data um, because um, we're still bidding on those keywords and Knowing which ones um, have the highest propensity to go from, uh, you know, visit to trial and then trial to paid. Mm-hmm. So we knew, we knew that those were ones to, to pay attention to. But um, if I'm being honest, like we actually um, did write um, everything um, to, like together at the same time. It wasn't like a fast um, process. It might, might have taken like uh, one and a half months or so um but yeah we basically just um we we wrote them all at once and uh and then you know but if I were one of your listeners and thinking like that's not practical um I would definitely go and look at like which ones your competitors have prioritized Mm -hmm. and try and probably base your decisions off of that
0: makes sense um so what sort of Guidelines. I'm, I'm assuming here that you didn't write all all of them on your own in a month and a half. So, what sort of guidelines did you give to the to the writing team to create content that you were pretty confident was going to rank?
1: Yeah. So, um, like I said, I I paid most attention to um, that that main page. So that main page had like every last H two and H three um, detailed. Um, and and very much like use this use these synonyms here and kind of like it was very very like finely tuned and we continue we continue to finely tune that page um, you know with each update that, that happens um, but uh, you know I think the the main um, uh, focus for the rest of the pages was basically shorter word count um, than than the main page. Um, but still original content and that was our real big thing that we knew we needed to do. Um, and, uh, and yes, uh, things went, yeah, pretty well. I mean, um, uh, our writers were great. I mean, we were blessed to have like a writer who, um, really like understood and was committed to the project, but I think, you know, it's all in that preparation. So it's all in that brief.
0: That's awesome. Um, I want to ask you about the the main invoice templates page. I'm guessing you know it pretty well by now. (laughs) Um, The the most interesting thing to me about this page is I was expecting to see a page that was primarily article. And as soon as you go onto the page, you've basically got two calls to action right at the top of the page. There's not actually necessarily content above the fold. is this the original version of the page? Have you iterated this over time? Like what's what's the thinking behind that?
1: Yeah, <clears throat> um, we basically like wanted to give the user what they what they came to the page for. Um, so, you know, those two like options of like download an invoice template or try FreshBooks are both, you know, means to that end. And, and obviously most of the people um, uh, choose the free version, but uh, we basically on that left-hand side wanted to make like the FreshBooks option the most appealing possible, while leaving the right-hand option very plain yep. <laughs> and like not that attractive. Um, so that was kind of the the thought there.
0: I mean, it's it's superb. The right-hand option is you know it's a free invoice template, so it's technically what they've come onto the site for. For those who aren't looking at the uh, looking at the video version of this, it's a uh, the, the above the fold section is split into two on desktop on the left hand side you've got says the best way to invoice you've got this nice juicy big green button which is create my free invoice and then we've got some lovely colourful invoices under that and I'm guessing that's the FreshBooks free trial and then on the right hand side you've got the free invoice template and there's this smaller kind of grey wilted looking invoice um, which I mean still looks good, and on a on another site that would be a compelling CTA, but it's nowhere near as attractive as the other one. Um, Steve, how much of the focus on this page has come from CRO, either you or or someone else in the team, and how much of it was controlled by SEO? Because I think for a lot of businesses as they start to get larger, they find those two elements are kind of sometimes conflicting, and it's quite difficult to get um, agreement on things like page layout.
1: Yeah, I think the, the layout was fairly like we haven't, we, we actually have split tested other versions on some of the long tail pages that, that are out right now, um, which we're, which we're doing and, and potentially rolling that out to the main page, but not just yet. Um, but what we've done is just done like little tweaks to things. Um, So for example, like it says create my free invoice um, instead of just like um, start trial or whatever. So we wanted to make those things a little bit more personal. Um, And if I could just give um, one kind of tip that we did um, just to uh, improve the optimization of that page. So when when those two um, panels stack on mobile, um, the free invoice template version actually stacks at the top. And because of the mobile first indexing, we wanted the keyword at the top of the page to to appear most relevant. But when we actually see it on desktop, we see that on the right hand side and our eye immediately goes to the left hand
0: side. Love it, love it. So what made you, uh, I'm just curious now on desktop, why isn't that on the left hand side given that you'd expect people's eyes to gravitate towards the right hand side, which is the CTA that you'd you'd Um, want them to go for?
1: we we didn't actually test that if I'm being hundred percent honest, but um, it was uh, like we, we we I guess the thought of the designer was that we read left to right so um, we saw that there and we also regarding the mobile stuff like we knew that um, uh, most of the traffic um, was coming through desktop and um, and that most of our conversions or conversion rate was much higher so We had less of a, um, because if you think about like downloading a word template on your um, phone is probably not an ideal way to create things. So we weren't too worried about that. And we felt like um, the SEO benefits were were a lot higher with
0: that stacking. Got it. So I want to ask you about searcher intent. You mentioned there that the reason for focusing the page around actually giving people templates rather than writing a long piece about templates about the things that they should be including in templates and all that type of stuff um, was because you were conscious that you know that was the intent of the user how important aside from the the benefits of that approach on conversion rate how important is it in google's for, for google's algorithms do you think to match the intent of the searcher with the content that's on the page. Yeah, um,
1: well, I think you can. We kind of tried to have our cake and eat it too with this one, so um, we knew a, we knew a few things, right? So um, we we have a had a. I'm not sure if we still have it to be honest, but we had a heat map at one point um, on this page, both for our paid search and SEO version. Um, And and we knew that, like, the users very rarely even scrolled down, like, 25% of the page, right? So we kind of um, focused the sort of conversion elements and, like, um, you know, really getting that user to sign up for a trial in that first 25%, and especially above the fold. And and then we kind of just accepted that that 75% below that, we could just, you know, kind of go ham on SEO content. Um, and internal linking and stuff like that. So um, we weren't uh, we weren't too, um, we, we, we like, and what I, what I mean by having our cake and eat it too, is that we still put a lot of content on that page. Mm. We just, we put it in the area that we knew the user, most users weren't gonna scroll through.
0: Kind of a bit like uh, how everyone used to bury the e-commerce category page content at the bottom because they knew that people weren't going to the category page to read, but it needed some SEO content on that. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. I mean, an e commerce it's tough to, I mean, I've done I've uh, e uh a couple of e com clients actually, and like, it's difficult to put that anywhere else. But yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it, it, yeah, I, I feel like, you know, um, Google still needs that content mm-hmm. at the end of the day. Uh, we couldn't just put up a page with just saying like free invoice templates at the top. So it, that content also helps us. Rank for you know um, different variations like bill like bill template. A lot of people call um, invoices bills. So like you know just ranking for those other synonyms. That content was super useful.
0: Got it. Um, and what did you do with link acquisition for? I guess if we're talking about the invoice template stuff for, for this group of pages, have you had any link outreach going on, or, or what, what's the strategy there?
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, there's uh, there's like um, some link acquisition strategy. Um, we uh, basically, um, in some cases, um, looked at sites that were already linking to FreshBooks, and um, and asked them to link to this like free resource that we had. So we reached out to them and we said, um, like, link me, baby, one more time. And uh, just I don't know if anybody can get that Britney Spears reference. It's getting a bit dated now. but <laughs> Is, that,
0: is but, that how you said it? That's how you have to say it yeah, for the best subject. effect, right? Yeah,
1: yeah and, yeah, and subject line. And, and we got pretty good response rate from that. Just people wanting to feature uh, the free version of, of, uh, of what we did. Because what we noticed was um, there were a lot of posts um, over the years on like best invoicing tools, best tools for entrepreneurs, best tools for small business owners that all mentioned FreshBooks, like 2000 of them um, over the past 15 years. So we had like a really good list of, uh, of sites to to reach out to. And uh, yeah, a lot of them um, agreed and, and linked to that piece of content from there.
0: Awesome. I also noticed in my pre-show snooping that you happen to be the moderator of a Facebook group called SEO Ranking Signals. Um, yeah, SEO Signals Lab. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. I mean, great way to crowdsource info.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I use that that site all the time, just uh, bouncing off like ideas and researching and stuff. And I also have my newsletter, SEO Notebook. Com, that um, sometimes I, uh, I if I'm kind of wondering or i want like a little bit of meat for some of my newsletter stuff i'll just put a question in there and usually get some good responses and and whatnot
0: so we're talking in june 2020 million dollar question that everyone's asking what in your mind are the top ranking signals that google's using today
1: uh i mean i i still always think that um you know there's like an 80% of the signals are, are usually not going to change. It's the fundamental things like, um, you know, your your how well your content addresses a topic in relation to how other pages address a topic. Do they contain those similar keywords, those similar entities, that similar structure? Um, do they serve, are they going to serve the user in a similar way because they just have so many commonalities between, you know, all the ranking content. So know that can be distilled into like quality content Um, and then and then links right so I think the those two and like a good site structure um, those those three things are like you know in that 80% of of, uh, ranking signals that are never going to change and then I feel like Google is just like twisting the dials at each end between that other you know 20% Um, that that literally like just changed like the wind so um, it's it's to me it's just about focusing on things like link uh, the experience for the user and um, and content um, that are going to yield the most like predictable long-term results and then not worrying too much about like little things that sort of enter um, that like You know, often we see in updates, you know, fluctuations happen, dips happen, and then recoveries happen. Mm. just Google's like, you know, just like I said, twisting the knobs um, on the on the algorithm and usually correcting um, any sort of like, um, you know, ambitious, ambitious sort of tests on their end.
0: Do you think we'll ever get to a stage where particularly inbound links rather than internal links, but do you think we'll ever get to a stage where that as a signal is too gameable or a little bit imprecise and can be replaced completely by something like user experience?
1: Well, I mean, I think we're moving towards, um, especially with this last update, we're moving towards a um, situation where Google favors the larger sites, um, and those larger sites um, have lots of branded links, have lots of great content that you know has great links. And when a, a site gets to that point, it can release new content that doesn't have any links, and Google will still reward it, like direct links to the page. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, I, I feel like that's maybe a direction where we're replacing the need for direct links going to a page. Um, but, um, you know, overall, that site still needs links to, to be thought of as an authority. So I don't think links are going away.
0: And if we could get you to peer into the SEO notebook crystal ball and we were having this conversation in 10 years, might be a bit ambitious because we don't even know if we'll be using a text-based internet then. But say five years time, do you think there will be any other ranking signals anything else that people should be thinking about at the very kind of preemptive stage
1: well i mean i don't know what's on google's roadmap in terms of search but i'm sure there are a lot of things that they wish they could do today that they can't do because of computing power so like as things like quantum computing become normal and more widespread and more cost effective I'm sure Google can like detect unnatural behavior um, a lot easier, Um, like even maybe like link velocity is a whole different, you know, debate, but like, let's just say, for example, let's pretend that link velocity was a thing. Google could detect, um, you know, unnatural patterns a lot easier. It would be able to crawl the web a lot faster. Um, So yeah, like things like that. Any anything Google kind of wishes that it could do, I'm sure that Um, It'll be able to do um, in five years and um, And also like just in terms of like trends and SEO longevity um, I feel like B2B probably has the the longest legs in terms of SEO Like it'll be like one of the last things to kind of fizzle out because people you know Can't do their job from a phone and I don't think they'll ever be able to really do their job entirely from a phone so um, just searching for the questions that they want on desktop Um, I I still feel like um, probably has the most legs and that's one of the things that I like, I'm trying to focus on uh, the most in terms of who I work with and and working with more B2B
0: clients. That's really interesting. So you see potentially B2C SEO being threatened because of the move to mobile and presumably the increased (laughs) click-through rate on ads versus organic search or are we talking about Google's propensity to show knowledge panel stuff?
1: Yeah, I mean, the ads thing is huge on mobile, right? Like, you know, ads are gonna take up the entire screen uh, for a lot of searches on mobile. Um, so so that's, that's obviously one um, consideration. Another thing is like, if you think of like a B2C site, um, and, and what I mentioned before in terms of like Google not needing links to specific pages. Well, I mean, if content is accessed through a mobile device and the natural way for us to get links is for content to be accessed you know via like research and all that kind of stuff if a a site's traffic is primarily mobile it's going to have a harder time getting links uh, because like people are not um, encountering that as much like on a desktop uh, device so um, i I feel like a lot of like b2c sites um, uh, are not necessarily going to have like a harder time i just think google has to look at how they rank those sites a little bit differently and maybe that's you know in part you know due to uh, maybe that's contributing to the fact that um specific content doesn't need links um as much and we're going more towards um uh uh we're going more towards a world where google trusts the authority of a site and once you know it it has that trust it, it begins to um Uh, you know, reward content that doesn't necessarily have links going directly to it.
0: Got it. Um, Interesting development just in the last, I think maybe in the last day is the old head of Google Ads is becoming the head of Google Search or something along those lines. But a lot of people in the SEO community um, understandably concerned about the message that that sends out about the balance between organic search results and paid search. I guess that would kind of back up what you just said about um ads being kind of an increasing threat to uh to to, to people who are looking for organic traffic
1: yeah i mean you know the google is always trying to install uh instill fear uncertainty and doubt in the minds of seos but it's just another another day like another another thing that they want to you know try and demoralize it's no problem
0: You think that's the that's the real thing that's going here? They're just kind of trying to crush our souls.
1: Oh, <laughs> well, I mean, you know, they have vested interest in doing so.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, I mean, I can just think about my own history as an SEO, and I've been doing it since 2011. And, um, you know, there have been times in my career where I've been, like and earlier on, where I've been very, like, worried about, you know, links or, you know, trying anything with any sort of risk to it because I was afraid that Google was going to penalize me. Whereas like, you know, now like having, you know, done a lot of like cool stuff, it's like, you know, you're, you're basically like SEO is one big calculated risk Mm. to it. And, and like, you know, you just kind of, if you're speaking with your, your client, like, you know, there's, there's, you just basically have to make sure that you you understand the landscape really well and you understand like what is mimicking like natural behavior online in terms of like links and all that kind of stuff and and not being too phased by um, thinking that, you know, if you build a a guest post link that you're going to be penalized.
0: It's a good point. And I think that the danger is that people get terrified into inaction. We talk with businesses, you know, on a weekly basis that, feel like they need to submit a disavow file because they've got one bad link out of you know five thousand links and they're like oh I feel like our site's being held back it must be a penalty or something like that and there's there's this kind of unknown cloud out there and this impression that Google's just looking to penalize people and stuff and and that has obviously been a conscious (laughs) that hasn't come from nowhere (laughs) That, that has been a play from Google over the years hasn't it to try and keep people on the straight and narrow I guess
1: yeah I mean like they're able they're they're doing a good job at it like most people that that I see in SEO are very much like oh let's just look up what Barry Schwartz wrote about two years ago and just go by that as the gospel right like um or just like what did John Mueller say and I'll just go go by that um whereas like I don't really um do that at all (laughs) I I go by what my friends say (laughs)
0: love it um steve this has been awesome and uh really really great to see behind the scenes of such incredible seo results where can people find out more about you and obviously subscribe to seo notebook so they can see behind the scenes of more awesome stuff like this
1: yeah well i'm on um, linkedin is probably my favorite platform to just connect with me it's steve toth t-o-t-h i um, always posting on there. And uh, yeah, just really love that platform. Um, just starting to get into Twitter. Uh, more, I'm back sort of getting into Twitter now uh, at SEO underscore notebook. And, um, and then, yeah, just SEO notebook.com. Basically, the idea behind that site is that every week I will share one page from my strategy notes um, out with my with my list. And uh, I'll be celebrating my one year anniversary in just a couple of weeks. And, um, you know, 3,500 people have subscribed so far. So the growth on it has been awesome. And I'm just really happy to be able to share a lot of my knowledge through there.
0: Awesome. And if you ever get stuck for any ideas, you'll be tapping them for, uh, for feedback and ideas to put in <laughs> into future editions.
1: Exactly. Yeah. So right now I'm actually running a contest where uh, people can submit a tip uh, this month. And then the winner will get um, $500 to their favorite charity.
0: Love it. Love it. Well, right. Steve, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom. And thank you, everyone, for tuning in.
1: All right. Thanks a lot proud of me.
0: Hope you found this video useful. And remember, if you enjoyed it, click the little like button. If you wanna check out more videos from Exposure Ninja, then don't forget to hit the subscribe button and that little bell icon, or leave us a comment if you've got any questions or suggestions of things that you'd like to see us cover in future. Don't forget, if you want some help with your digital marketing, then you can head over to ExposureNinja.com forward slash review and request a free website and digital marketing review. What will happen here is we'll ask you a few questions about your website and your goals and one of our team will then put together a 15-minute video where we'll show you how to improve your website's ranking, your traffic and your conversions. It's completely free of charge. I know, crazy, right? But danger there is a chance that you'll become a client after seeing this review because it'll blow your socks off i have to be honest but don't let that put you off go to exposureninja.com forward slash review and i look forward to seeing you in the next video